uh, you know, the fundamental church. You know, there was a lot of teaching on that you need to, to read and, uh, you know, be careful what you read, be careful what you consume, be careful what you take in. Uh, you know, of course, today's philosophy is, is um, you know, to, to, you know, to eat the meat and, and uh, you know, and spit out the bones and, and, uh, and I've mentioned that before, and, and I struggle with that because, uh, you know, if you've ever eaten fish, you, you know, uh, I don't care how many times you try to, how much meat you try to get, you're going to end up swallowing a bone before it's, if you just can continue to consume it, and if you're not very, very careful. And so there's a lot to that, but, but what we are, so many are led astray because they make a decision about how, the hows and whys of, the, of life, of the Christian life before they look at the scriptural evidence. Now, there's two problems that, he, that Paul is addressing here. He's saying, one, is that, uh, that you just decide what you want things to be. And so he said, before you go deciding what you think it ought to be just because that's what you want it to be, and a lot of people make decisions out of their, you know, their prejudice in their own heart. They make decisions about, uh, you know, they're up, you know, because uh, this is the way I was uh, brought up or just, you know, this is the way the experiences of my life. And he said, I don't need you doing that. He said, I don't need you going off and just coming up with some uh, harebrained idea about what happened. And then the other thing is that, that there are people that will influence them and, and they will give them faulty information. And so they listen to someone that sounds good and right, and they bow their, to their belief without searching the Scriptures and comparing Scripture with Scripture. And folks, again, this age of information is so readily available. Please be very careful. I don't care how good it sounds. Make sure that it's, it's scripturally true. Okay, there's a lot of things that, man, just sound really good until you go comparing it to what the Bible says. And so you need to make sure that. And, and, and that's really the kind of the principle that you get out of that. And Paul's teaching me, saying, look, I just don't want you to you know, be wise in your own conceits, come up with your own ideas. He said, and, and the whole issue, he said, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And now, the fullness of the Gentiles, it, you know, I believe, is, is really, in reality, the fullness, the complete spiritual fullness of the Gentiles takes place at the rapture of the church. And so it's all done then. The, the fullness, it's, it's full, it's, it's finished there. Uh, but then Paul proceeds to tell the people that the Jews have been blinded and are hardened in their heart, but only in part. And, and, and even here, I think it, it's sort of twofold. They have been blinded as a people, but not as individuals. Now, as a, as a people as a whole, they've been blinded. The Jewish people as a whole have been blinded. But individual uh, Jews all throughout history have had their eyes open. Uh, and so I think the in part, I think that's part of what it, it believes, or at least it could be uh, part of what, the, what this meaning is here. But they've been blinded as a people, but not as individuals. They've also, uh, the other thought process is they've been blinded to Christ, but not to God. Uh, you know, the, the Jews believe in God. They believe in, in Almighty Elohim. They believe in the Creator. They believe uh, in, in Almighty God. They believe in the same God that we believe in. They do. They just don't believe in Jesus. And now they don't believe in Jesus as God. And so uh, they believe in Almighty God. And so the... Uh, uh, that's where I believe they, they believe in part, uh, and they're very serious about, uh, as I, you know, my terminology, Elohim, the Creator. They believe in Him very intensely, but they don't believe in Jesus. And so, 
It will remain uh, until the times of the Gentiles is past. This this what God's talking about here, and He's teaching us here. And then it goes to verse twenty six. It says, "And all Israel shall be saved, as it is written: There shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins." So God will return to the Jews, and all Israel will be preserved again. And 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 uh, I believe again. Uh, I'm not absolute on this, but I'm kind of, I lean toward the fact that when he says that all Israel shall be saved, he's not talking about every individual Israelite shall be saved. He's coming back, he's saying that, that, uh, that I'm, I'm not, you know, when I pruned them away, I didn't cast them away forever. He said, it's coming, I'm coming back to them. I'm coming back to present salvation to them. And all Israel will have this salvation presented to them again, and we'll, and, uh, and so, and, and now, uh, God made a covenant with Israel, and that covenant is not forgotten. And, that, and so, the covenant, uh, we'll talk about that in just a second, but the covenant He made with them, uh, he's, he's, the, he's not backing away from that. That covenant is a, an agreement, a promise, uh, a contract that God has with His people, and he's not, he's not, God doesn't break His word. And so, this is, in fact, the, the, the meaning of this word saved. It does not, I don't believe, it means as internal salvation, but rather God will return to the Jews and the blindness or hardness will be lifted from them. They're, they will be a salvaged people. A conversion of an entire nation is now come. And I say conversion in the sense that, that the blindness will be taken away from this, this nation so that they can believe. Uh, it, not necessarily every individual. Now, I say all of that, get you know, a little bit of a disclaimer, because I'm not God. I believe as much as I can read and study, this is what God's saying. But I'm going to just tell you that there's some believe, and I, some, I think there's some merit to it, that this all saved is a statement about the remnant of the Jews that, do, that don't perish in the tribulation, and that some believe that that remnant, all of them, will be saved. And so... I really, I, I'm not absolute on that. That's all I can tell you. I just, I kind of struggle uh, in that area uh, and, and really getting an absolute on that. And, and, and I'm going to just tell you, I'm, I'm one that I try my best to not speak absolutely until I know the Bible has spoken absolutely. And so um, I, I'll give you some, some thoughts and ideas. And if you come and you look at me and say, hey, Watch this. I, you know, I think this portion, this place right here, I think this passage may be the absolute that you're looking for. Well, praise God, give it to me. Uh, because I, I, I was taught that every man is my teacher, and I can learn from every man. And so I want to do that. I just want to keep learning and growing. Amen? I, I think it's what we all want to do. We all want to keep learning and growing. Now, uh, but the, the salvation comes in the, in the new covenant we see, and that's in Jeremiah. If you want to go to Jeremiah chapter 31, this covenant that's being spoken about here in Romans chapter 11, uh, it's really you know, kind of outlined and given in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31. Jeremiah 31, 31. It said, the, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them, uh, uh, I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. Although I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward 
parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord for they shall all know me. From the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Now, this is the, the passage, Jeremiah 33. This is where, uh, again, uh, the, the strongest, the, the, the definition, the interpretation of this, this uh, uh, passage is covenant. This is where, the, the, in chapter 11, that the, the strongest... Um, uh, defense, I guess you would say, or, or, or evidence toward uh, that belief that, that one day the remnant will all be saved. And so that's kind of what they use. But, but uh, verse 28 says, As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. And uh, this, is, this is amazing. This is, this is, it doesn't really specifically describe it, but this is really illustrating how incredibly uh, gracious God is and how loving God is and how ultimately uh, just full of grace that he is. But they are enemies. The Jews are the enemies of the gospel for they are presently rejecting Jesus, but they are still God's chosen people and God loves them. And this is amazing. They are his people. And he says to them, he's, he says, concerning the gospel, they're enemies right, right now. They're enemies uh, for your sake. He's, but as touching the election, he said, these are my chosen people, and they are beloved of me. Verse 29 simply emphasizes that not only God's promises are kept, but God's gifts are kept. By being chosen by God as a Jew is a gift and a calling of God by God to believe in Him, love Him, and to serve Him. And they will be kept just as the promise is kept. Uh, for it says in verse 29, for the gifts and callings are God or without repentance. And, and God says, what He's saying, the reason that's kind of thrown in, we use that a lot. Uh, about, you know, uh, in other ways and talking about maybe your calling to the ministry and things like that. Well, it still applies. I mean, whatever God has, if God's given you a spiritual gift, and he has, everybody in here has a spiritual gift. God's given you a spiritual gift. He's not going to repent of that. He's not going to take that away from you. Now, you may not use it, and you may not uh, uh, take advantage of it, and, and you may not even know what it is. And one of these days, we're going to kind of go through that. And I think you've gone through it before as a church, but we got a lot of new people, and we're going to go through it again. But it's very important that you kind of recognize what your spiritual gift is, because the more you recognize, the more you may, you may be able to use it. I mean, if, if, you know, I mean, honestly, if Belle never recognized that she never picked up a, an instrument and started to play it, she would never have known that she had a gift to play that, you know, and you say, well, no, that just comes through practice. Now, listen, I can practice till, till the cows come home and I'm not going to be able to play like her. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, Hannah, you have a, you, God has given you a gift to play. You know, now, do you have to practice? You got to practice. Sure, you got to practice, but can I tell you, there's some people who can practice and practice and practice and practice, and still ain't no good. You know what I mean? Because we just don't have it. I can't hear it. Um, you know, my, my daughters, you know, several of them, they think they can just, they, just, they hear these notes, and they hear all this stuff, and, 
And, and they'll say, they'll be practicing saying, you know, whether they step that up at a half note or something or some kind of term. It's like a different language to me. And I was like, I don't have a clue. Dad, raise that. Okay. <laughs> it's like the old Abbott and Costello. You know, y'all never saw them, do we? You got to show that to you one day. But, uh, but uh, no, I, I don't understand that. God didn't put that in my brain. He didn't put that in there. But God, he gives gifts and, and, and callings. And, and what God gives you, he doesn't take it back. We just don't use it sometimes. We don't take advantage of what he's done for us. But in this direct context right here, it's really talking about the fact that God called the people of Israel. Uh, God said, those are my chosen people. God said, those are my, they are my, you know, in a sense, originally my bride. And he said, these are my people. I'm not changing. God never changed his mind. The people did. The people did. And so, it, in verse 30 says, for as ye in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. He, he, you know, it just we're saved at this moment, but it was not always the case. And he's just saying to the Gentiles, Gentiles, you, there was a time past you didn't believe. He said, do you understand right now you are saved and you believe, but that's the result of their unbelief. You know, they, they didn't want it. They rejected it. You didn't believe either. You know, before you think too much of yourself, you didn't believe either, but I gave you, now I've given you an opportunity to hear and believe. And so, and it's through that mercy again. Verse 31, verse 31 says, Even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. And again, that, that is, is so amazing, but... But it's so very important that uh, as you study the Bible, I challenge you to, to look up words and, and, you know, get in concordance, look up different things, because what you'll find out is in this passage, is mercy is said twice, and, and the, the truth is those mercy, you just automatically assume those mercy is the exact same thing, but they're slightly different words. And, and the context actually tells you this. Now, this is, this is I, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of talk out of both sides of my mouth. The truth is, the context in, in what we have in our King James Bible, if we'll really compare Scripture with Scripture, it will teach us the same thing, okay, as looking up definitions. But sometimes we, we don't grasp it there, and sometimes what, looking up a definition will help you stop and say, no, wait a minute, you know what? This is really saying something different, and I should have recognized it in the context. But if you look at this, it's even so have these also now believed, uh, now not believed that through, watch this, watch this. Here's the context. And again, it's amazing how many people get this cattywampus, your mercy. Look at it. This is that through your mercy, they also may obtain mercy. You see, it, it, what, it, what God's saying is even, even uh, and even now, they continue to not believe, but through your mercy. It's the word elios. Uh, it, that's a, a word about human relationship kindness. You're saying, God is saying through your mercy, through your kindness, through your attitude, through your spirit. 
I, I'll say it again, and I'm going to just keep telling you, because please never lose it. Please stay who you are. Um, more and more new people keep coming in, but, but so many have said, and I never want it to stop being said, that this is the most loving, friendly church they've ever been in. You know what? They may never come back. But let them, this one time that they came, let them feel like somebody cared about them while they were here. Because that's what he's saying. Through your mercy, through your spirit, through your attitude, through, through the way you treated them, even though they don't, watch this, even though they don't believe like you do, even though they have not accepted Christ, or maybe they've accepted Christ, but they've not come to where you are he said, even so have these also now not believed. We're talking about people that have not believed that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. He's saying that they don't believe, but through your love, through your mercy, through your goodness, through your kindness, they want what you have. And they may obtain what you have. So, the... Um, Verse 33, we'll just go, go on there. My time's going to run out on me tonight. It says, Oh, the, <clears throat> oh, the depths, depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Now, this, 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 we're about to shift total gears here. He's come to the conclusion of kind of this chapter 9, 10, 11, and he's gone into a lot of stuff here about the Jews and, and the Gentiles and, and all this. So it's gone on for 9, 10, 11. But, but this is a fun part right here. This is an exciting part. Hopefully, you'll, be, you'll get a blessing out of this part. Verses, it says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been His counselor? Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be the glory forever. Amen. So what did, what did Paul do? He just went through some pretty intense teaching here. And he's teaching, and, and of course it's the word of God, so it applies to everybody. So it's written to, some of it's written specifically to Jews. Some of it's written specifically to Gentiles. Of course, all of it, it comes across all, uh, spans all time. And so is biblical principles for all of us today. And he's gone into some pretty serious stuff. Matter of fact, he's saying, you know, look, some of you have been, you've been cut away because you rejected. And so you've been pruned away. And others, he really slammed and said, don't think much of yourself because you've been added in because you're wild and you can be cut away just like they were cut away. And he, he's pretty intense about it all. And watch this. Paul knows who he's talking to. And he says, God knows who he's talking to. And, and God allows Paul to say, now look, okay, before we finish, I want you to understand, there may be part of this you didn't like. There may be part of this you don't want to agree with. There may be part of this you struggle with. But listen to me who was saying all of this. This is what he finishes up with. He says, oh, the depths, a depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. You know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, I don't care how you feel about what I just got through saying, but God knows what he's talking about. And God knows what he's doing. Isn't that exciting? 
And he said, and, and watch this now. He says, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. He said, he, no matter how much you struggle with this, just understand God has so much wisdom. God has so much knowledge that when he made these judgments and when he did this, you can't understand it. You can't grasp it. You may not agree with it, but he's right. Because then he, he just, he said, if you don't understand what I'm trying to tell you, he says, for who hath known the mind of the Lord? Paul becomes overwhelmed. I believe that Paul becomes overwhelmed in the spirit of God as he's moved to write about the mercy of God. He is overwhelmed by the sovereignty of God. That's what this is going to conclude here with. He's overwhelmed by the knowledge and wisdom of God. I think Paul is overwhelmed by what God is moving him to write, which leads to verse 34, which we just read, for who hath known the mind of the Lord? He said, don't question God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. He said, everything that I've just written down, moved, Paul's moved by the Holy Spirit of God. Now, we use this, and we say, Paul said this, but I want you to understand, and I believe everybody understands when I say that, that I fully, 100% believe that Paul is just an instrument of God, that God moved this holy man of old, that he wrote these, this, this scripture. And, but it gets to verse 34, and just... God is just in our faces and said, for who hath known the mind of the Lord? He's saying, you can't outthink me. You can't, you can't question me. You have no right to question what I'm teaching you. He's letting everyone know that what he has written is not his. Uh, Paul is letting everyone know that what he has written is not his mind, but the mind of the Lord. And again, this is what God's making clear. Paul reminds us that we have no right to question what God has done or will do. Paul reminds us that we have no right to do anything but agree with God. Now, folks, listen, we got to make application to, to right here and right now. Do you understand that God still knows what he's doing? Do you understand that we still have no right to question the mind of the Lord? And, 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 I, and, I, and I, I just want to warn you because I, I got to keep this before you because the, we have technology everywhere and we have information everywhere. And can I tell you, the world is telling us right now we got a right to question everything. And if we don't agree with it and we don't think it's right, then, then we don't have to do it. But listen, this passage is telling us God knows what is right and we don't have a right to question his mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. God doesn't need our approval. Why? Because he's omnipotent and everything exists because of him. And God created it all. God wrote this in eternity past. God spoke this in eternity past. And God says, all this has been put down here. This is not Paul's writing. This is what I moved through Paul to pen. And he put it down there. And he's just very simply saying, why would you think you have a right to question me? He says, who had known the mind of the Lord or who had been his counselor? That's, do you sense a little sarcasm here from God? This is kind of like he speaks to Job, you know. It's like, really, were you around when I created everything? Oh, uh, so you were here when I put it. Man, don't you know that you know, Job, about that point, is wanting to crawl under the door? Well, that's what he's doing right here. 
He said, oh, I I forgot. I should have come ask you before I made my decision on this. It's amazing the sarcasm of of God, the humor of God sometimes. Uh, He said, or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. God said, what part did you really play in all this? And what we have to acknowledge, none. And he's going to make that clear to us in case we're still struggling. And folks, let me help you. We are still struggling. Whether we'll admit it or not, Forgive me, everybody sits in this room, there's something in here that we don't do, and it's not because we're ignorant of it. We've intentionally decided to not think about it, because it's not what we want. Now, you, I just challenge you, go at, ask the Holy Spirit tonight. Reveal to me anything that I really know is true, but I don't want to accept. But he makes in verse 36, he says, for him, for of God, for of him, through him, and to him are all things. And what he's concluding with in this chapter is, hey, it's not about you. It's about God. You understand, folks? It's really not about us. It's about Him. It's about His glory. This is all about Him. For, for Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. I don't know if it does to you what it does to me when I read this, but this is exciting me because God concludes some pretty, to me, a little bit difficult chapters. And, 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 and think about this now, even more so if you're a Jew, even more so then. But, but I think right now, if you were a part of the Jewish people, You'd, you'd struggle wanting anybody to read any portion of this New Testament to you. But boy, you get to Romans, and you'd probably get angry through 9, 10, and 11. And truthfully, this is why a lot of people bypass it. Because, you know, let's don't deal with that which might upset somebody. And God says, you know what? You don't have a right to get upset. This is about me, not about you. And I make the decisions I make because I have the wisdom and knowledge that you can't even understand. I have judgment past anything you can comprehend. Well, Brother Allen's going to close us in a word of prayer. Amen? Amen?